Welcome to Marsha's Play. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be all right. Just know that it will be all right. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> peace, peace, peace. What's good? Glad to be back. Sideways, mm. So we have been gone for a minute, but we have are back with the jump off. So <laughs> okay, right. Everything decided to just you know go down this last week or so. Yes. Um, <laughs> so while we were gone, you know. The world has been hurting the damn fool. Heard some, some things said. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word on the street. What's up, y'all? So, you know, I am blessed to be in a bubble of affirming people. I am blessed to have... Um, various identities that affirm me, that show me love, that respect my identity, and I respect theirs. I um, I just, you know, I'm blessed in that way. So I have, you know, I'm 42 and I have not always had that, but in the past five years, I have five, you know, Plus, let's say about seven, um, seven years, I've had, you know, the pleasure of being in a very affirming bubble. So it always sometimes surprises me, even though it shouldn't, because prior to that seven years, you know, I've, I've seen some toxicity in the world, but um, mm-hmm. I've gotten comfortable. And so sometimes it always surprises me when the world blows up into this um, kind of crazy um, transphobic mode within our mm-hmm. culture. So mm-hmm. what we are talking about, mm-hmm. I'm sure if you haven't been under a rock, a trans- and I was. You was under a rock? <laughs> yeah, and still was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Frolicking, you know what I'm saying? And all that. Found out. So, okay, my bad. <laughs> just like everybody in the world, we are, you know, there are tons of people online sharing their opinions about multiple things all the time, you know, on various platforms. So there was a trans woman <laughs> who mm-hmm. was using language that she, the clip that was that went viral. She was basically saying that cisgender women do not own periods, they do not own womanhood. They experience them, but they do not own them, so they cannot gatekeep them. Now, in my history <laughs> of being a trans woman online, 
when a trans woman tries to use language that is inclusive of trans men or in in their arguments or in their points and they're trying and they try to intentionally be inclusive of trans men a lot of times to some people who may come across their video sometimes cisgender people don't realize that trans includes trans men and so when a trans woman says, yeah (laughs) you don't police womanhood you don't own periods coming from a trans woman a sister of the woman who is already apt to be a transphobic (laughs) if she's already ready to pounce and put you in your place (laughs) she can forget that trans men and non-binary people do have periods. So when a trans woman says, you don't own them, you can't gatekeep them, um, you experience them, but you don't um, you don't have ownership of them, they can immediately think that the trans woman, oh, here they go, overstepping their boundaries and not staying in their place. You don't even have a period. You will never be me. You will never have a child. You will. I am the real woman. Don't call me cisgendered. I don't need any extra descriptors. I am the woman. I am born this way. I am what you want to be. They go into their whole stereotypical Mm -hmm. spiel because Mm -hmm. They don't realize mm-hmm. that trans men are um, trans men and non-binary people actually experience um, periods, and so just hilarious. Yeah, these women who have had problematic statements about trans people in the past or about gay people. Um, she, you know, she's been a problematic person. She cuts her camera on, and she just start doing the same thing. Just goes in on people. It goes viral. Everybody jumps on the bandwagon, and it just starts this back and forth between multiple people. A uh, child, I hear T.S. Madison gets in. Um, Angelica Ross gets in. Flame Monroe gets in. Oh, Flame got into it too? Oh, oh God. Everybody gets in. People's tagging this person. Everybody. Oh, wow. This person gets in. You, you know, and you know, uh, one thing that I, me, me and my Judy's was um, kind of laughing and joking about. We were being silly, um, but kind of not, but being silly. Um, we were like, mm-hmm. oh, we go. It's gonna be a back and forth between the trans women and the cis women, but this, the but the trans men is gonna mind their business and be quiet and and <laughs> and enjoy their peace <laughs> like they always do. It's gonna be two of them 
Caden <laughs> and Teak that's gonna mention they're gonna put a video out, <laughs> but the rest of them they're gonna say, you know what, I ain't playing with y'all. I'm just gonna, you know, enjoy my peace. And while on one hand, I respect it, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like fuck it. And but on the other hand, I'm like, oh, this is why they always attacking us when we're when we're adding y'all to the mix, because y'all don't come in and defend yourselves. So when you were under your rock, uh, yeah. what would be what, yeah. what I mean what were your yeah. thoughts? <laughs> so many. Um because I then I yeah, then I caught that energy on the socials and it was like, whoa, that's the whole <laughs> thing. I'll come back to that though. Um you know, one thing I was thinking about too is just like the the, the place that this attack comes from. Well, there's two things going on. One, like you said, folks often think, cisgender people often think when they think trans people, because like I've, I've said, you've heard me say it multiple times in student history, queer history, LGBT history, black history, black women's focus in history. Trans men are relatively new to the social discourse, relatively new to the quote mainstream of when people think of trans people, because up until last 15, 20 years, there just wasn't that same level of visibility and access um for people to even know that was a reality that it could manifest um and so you know so you have on the one hand where this is hyper focus on trans women and then on the other hand if you're like but trans men exist very quickly it's like that's not real <laughs> you know what i'm saying so that's a big part of that too um because people just be like y'all not real people just like lesbians aren't real trans men aren't real you have no agency you have a vagina you just ain't real of uh, what, what homegirl was saying in it and the point that she was trying to make. And so, you know, it, it, that got lost, right? So then people were responding to the clip, that the edited clip that Jess did versus what she was trying to get across and her point and like the rest of the clip. I think the because of that, I think that made that discourse kind of weird. Because I don't think that some of the trans trans guys that responded to the social media posts or felt some kind of way knew about the rest of the clip. Some people didn't even know about it. Some people, you know what I mean? So it, it but that was the point of just editing the clip to have it be sensational, to have it be reactionary, you know, to get clicks at, on our on our on our backs, on trans black trans women's backs in particular. Like, you know, I'm down to have those conversations. That's that's my get, that's my calling, right? Is to have that conversation with six black people and be like, look, let's let's pick this apart because you're a fucking mess and a fool. You know, you know what I'm saying? So your butt heard about this, which is legitimate. What the fuck that got to do with hurting black trans women though? What the fuck does that have to do with invalidating the existence of both black trans women and black trans guys who many of whom get periods? Like the fuck? That ain't got and somebody back home brought this we were talking about it and they were like yeah yeah and i was like so did you see the whole clip nah, so, okay but well, did you see the rest of the clip or did you see the edited i want to get sensational likes on the backs of people in my community who are also trans because we are black and they then pivoted to some other like hypothetical hypothetical books about sexualizing children <laughs> and i was like girl what like <laughs> Show me the receipts, because I'm glad that, Diamond, you said this on the show before, and I just heard you in my head, being like, all right, let's not chase down hypothetical. Like, give me the, the thing, because that hypothetical shit goes everywhere. That's just the, that's just the loop. That's just the, you know, what they call a rabbit hole. That's not real, you know? 
Um, but yeah, no, I don't I act like you fucking care about that because weird, the Catholic Church and Christian entities denominations have been documented by the government since the 40s of having issues with child molestation, child sexual assault. And it's been going on since mm -hmm. the 40s, documented since the 40s. And y'all have not mm -hmm. made any kind of legislations up against these people. Y'all are not um, stopping um, the little boys from going to going to join these um, choirs that they molested them, and y'all are not y'all yeah, don't yeah. care about children. Y'all yeah. just want to attack us. Y'all don't care about children. Mm -hmm. There's so many children mm -hmm. out here getting molested by these Christians, and actually, the numbers, the statistics show that it's more, yeah. you are more likely to be molested by a cisgender identifying pastor than one of us. To your point about the response from black trans men, Teak does communications. That's what Teak does. Teak does communication around LGBT issues. I do think that there needs to be a larger formal voice representing, like responding. You know what I'm saying? Because I know there's various organizations, press, da 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 da. That to me, that's where we need to be like, yo, these institutions that support black trans men and trans masculine folks. We need y'all because you you have the, the runway to put some stuff on the line in a way that individuals don't in the same kind of way, depending on their situation. Um, but also to get the messaging right, right? Because T gets the messaging right. That's what yeah, I just want to know. Like he ain't like random person responding on the internet. Like yeah. he's he responds to yeah, he's trained to respond and you know, with crafting messaging and all that kind of stuff. But I do think we need more conversations and more people to be able to do that. Because it's one thing to be responding and just being like, I'm responding on the internet, we open the, in the comments. But it's another thing to be able to utilize your platform on social media or what have you and respond in a, in a strategic way to get an amplify a certain message around solidarity as black trans people. It is popular. They're popular. So it's yes, it's gonna go viral. It's gonna be posted on the shade room. It's gonna be it's just one of those yep. things. And I just feel like that she did that on purpose. She did it on purpose because she don't value black trans women or black trans men or black trans lives. And it's fucked up because if you in this and you in this space around black people, because your, your platform is to black people. Your platform ain't to your, your platform is to everybody. We all in proximity to one another. We live black trans people live surprisingly amongst other black people, just like black gay people do. The majority of us do, right? It's not like the majority of us live in the neighborhood with the white people. The majority of us live. <laughs> Just among where where we live, and so you know, um, it's part it's, it's particularly harmful what she what she's been doing um, because it puts us at risk. It puts black trans women in more, more than anybody else at risk with the, with that type of language, and, it, and it's for what? Because she, she started the conversation like, who protects us? As if we. <laughs> Are the ones killing you, assaulting you, raping you, doing right. these things to you? And that's, and that's just not it. We're not erasing you. We're not doing anything like that. that. And so, mm -hmm. started off like that. That's what I'm saying. You can see people in the comments like, "Yeah, we. This is just going too far." And we like, "What?" Mm -hmm. It's very similar to me as with gay people sometimes where they be like, trans people do the most. Y'all embarrass us. Y'all do da 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 Or even within the trans community, folks would be like, oh, if your gender not conforming with your expression, right? And feeling some kind of way and being like that. What, what, where does that put, how does that, what does that mean for me now? Now, what does it look like when we're working together, fam? That's where the energy needs to be. Because like you said, we 
everybody in the scenario is getting fucked over by the same fucking culprit. And even they are getting fucked over by other black cis men. So it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community. And I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here. So you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community. Because I put my money where my mouth is. You know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. <laughs> so thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. So this goes yeah. into... When we talking about just feeding into this kind of um, cultural hate monster of trans people, because um, she what it can to her. To, even right. even to herself. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's that's what projection shit. Yeah. yeah so she admittedly um, has been mistaken for a trans woman. And, you know, luckily she has not been harmed in any kind of way because exactly. when somebody is mistaking her for a trans woman. But there has been a story that we haven't got to talk about where somebody actually has gotten harmed because of that. Um, mm -hmm. Michelle Peacock was a 59-year-old cis Black woman who was murdered by 67-year-old Tommy Earl, wow, <laughs> you know they <laughs> in Rich Richmond, Indiana. They found Peacock's body lacerated on her throat. She was pronounced dead on the scene. Officers found Earl armed with a straight razor, with blood on his hands and clothing. He resisted arrest. and told the officers that he would kill them too. During an interview, Earl said, Peacock was a man acting like a woman and I would do it again if I had a chance to. So this is a moment where somebody is assuming somebody's gender. Come on, come on now, Donna. Break this down for folks, break it down. This is a cis woman because for whatever reason, it could be her look, it could be her hair, it could be her mannerisms, it could be all the things that everybody placed on black women for being too masculine, for being too wearing wigs, for, for you have being no being idea, dark skin, right? being dark skinned. You, it's so many layers to this. You don't know what this man was thinking. And where he got this information, where where his brain went when looking at this woman and thinking that she was a trans person. 
and hates trans people so much that he slices her throat. This type of hate, this type of transphobic hate should not be taking anybody's life. But when you add to the fuel, when you add fuel to the flame, these type of things are going to continue to happen. Yeah, that's wild. Where, you said, where was this again? In Richmond, Indiana. In a separate incident, 32-year-old Colin Smith was stabbed to death in Portland, Oregon on July 2nd. He had been out with a co-worker at a bar when 24-year-old Renique Jackson started harassing one of his co-workers who was trans. When Smith tries to intervene, all right, Jackson allegedly stabs him to death. A person started to harass this trans person and their friend, their co-worker, intervened. Yeah. And that cisgender person got stabbed to death. Mm -hmm. So we're talking mm -hmm. about two cases, one where somebody was confused for being trans and one where yeah. somebody is being yeah. a good Samaritan and saying, yo, this transphobia isn't right. Like, leave people alone. Stop harassing people. And they get killed in the process. So these two incidents are being caused by transphobia. Two people died yep. because of that. It doesn't. It doesn't so it doesn't just hurt trans, trans people, right? It right, don't so just it hurt trans, trans people. It puts everybody in right. harm's way. Yeah, yeah. And adding to that fuel yeah. does not help either one of us. It does not help Jess. It does not help me. It does not help you. It does not help T.S. Madison. It does not help Hope. It does not help um, Butterfly Rose, whoever the first trans woman who said something um, that sparked this. <laughs> <laughs> it does not help. Any uh, society know that birth people, regardless of how, uh, their gender, disproportionately if they're black, have PCOS. Like, here anyway. So, like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Polycystic ovarian syndrome, which will cause, you know, facial hair and things like that. So, it takes us back to, you know, when we free all of us it makes everybody else free. So when we talk about these people exactly. with these conditions, when we talk about these people with these medical conditions, when we talk about these people, um, everybody want to say, but those are medical conditions. Those are syndromes. Da, 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 da. But what it is, is these are people who fall outside of the norm. And so because they fall outside of the exactly. norm of the culture, it can cause them problems. I just watched a video of this, this girl who has the, the condition that she was talking about and she was getting married and she, because of the standards of what a bride was in our culture, mm -hmm. There, she just like how I'm gonna mm -hmm. how am I gonna go down the aisle in my wedding dress and I got a whole big old beard that just wouldn't look right and this was calling her causing her trauma and causing her um you know just self hate and this yeah. whole little thing and so if we if we allow people to be who they are be how they want to be just or just be the and and navigate the world however you know, however they feel without this kind of, um, these kind of rules and regulations, I actually think that there would be less trans people. If I'm, to, if I'm to be, I feel like it would save all of us, but I also feel like it would be less trans people. 
if people trans identified people, yes, I feel like if people could just be free to be whatever, like like there were there weren't these structures in the world, and this might be controversial to say, but let's shake it up. I feel like if everybody was just free to, there weren't these boxes of what womanhood looks like. There weren't these boxes, and this is what non-binary people is is, is talking about. If there weren't these boxes. There may be a freedom that nobody would need to transition. I mean, plenty of, I was saying, plenty of non-binary people do medically transition. I just want to know that. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, but I'm saying, I'm yeah. saying it wouldn't be just, a transition. Yeah. Just, I'm using the tools of science to present how I want to present. But if it wasn't mm -hmm. these rules and rigidness of of gender. There might be less trans people. Yeah. There might be less people who um, feel the need that they feel uncomfortable. Do you see what I'm saying? With some of the things that they may naturally. No, I do. I do. I do. You know, do, there might be some. I'm not saying they're totally eradicating. But I feel like if people no, no, no. are a little bit more free, they may not may not need to go through all the things that they're going through. Maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking mm -hmm. about what, what does the ideal world look like without the binary? What does that actually look like? What if if a little mm -hmm. if a little um assigned male at birth boy, would we even be assigning male at birth? Do you see what I'm saying? Will we be at a will how will we even be doing that? So if I if I if I'm mm -hmm. born in a world, I was born in a world where I was assigned male at birth and a woman looked like this and a man looked like this. And so I had I had something innately in me that said, uh, this doesn't match with me. And so I had to start trying to mm -hmm. do things to shift that. But what if everybody around me was just free to do whatever they wanted to be, and I just did whatever I wanted to do? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What would that look mm -hmm. like? Would I would I even have um, transitioned? Would I have would I even have needed to? Would I maybe it was just tools I was using? It didn't have to be. I don't know. I'm just I'm trying to think about how this would look. I don't know. This is the ideal world we're trying to create. What does how would that affect us in 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 our presentation if everybody was free just to be? There wasn't any kind of binary and what does that look like for people? Because of the, that binary defines who I am. But if it wasn't there, how would I have been how would how would that have molded who I am? Do you see what I'm you saying? Know, I yeah, I do. And it, it makes me think about um you know folks like um racine racine pandarvis okay like there's always kind of been when you were saying just like what would that look like i feel like they're an example of what that could look like and there's other people that are just like out here that kind of are an example of what that potentially could look like because they know i didn't i don't think they identify as trans and it's like no i'm just here yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, like, met Racine at the Torture Wars, and we didn't really get a chance to talk. We took a few pictures, but we didn't get a chance to talk. So, I don't know how they identify. But yeah. I think that's. But a I, I definitely movie. know since gay men who who have a have the same energy and kind of look, and are like, yeah, girl, I'm a man, whatever. <laughs> like, you you know, and just they don't they don't it just is. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I th I think that's a possibility, but I'm try I, I I don't know I just I, I it 
I haven't really fully thought about what does it that ideal world look like and what does it what how would a child navigate that? I'm and and this is coming from somebody who who transitioned earlier. And I'm just thinking if if I didn't because when I when my brain is process when in my memory, when my brain was processing that I was different, it was in the context of the binary. It was it, there was no um the idea or theory of of a potential non-binary existence was not there. Not in the sense of how I was supposed to navigate the world. In the sense of trans wasn't there. Do you see what I'm saying? When I was younger, the language of trans and me, the possibility of me actually being a girl and, and doing that, that wasn't there. So when I'm when I'm coming into the world, when I'm coming into the world of who, identifying myself and 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 comparing myself and thinking about myself in in how it relates to the world, the only two options I had was boy or girl, and I did not relate to the boy. I did not yeah. relate to yeah. the boy at all. And so in that yeah. regard, for me, it was like, uh, how do I go full? In going forward and being authentic to myself, the binary was my standard. But what if it wasn't? What if there was very like? How does it look in these countries that have three yeah. and four genders? Yeah, and and that's a possibility for one of those children. Mm -hmm. How does that yeah. show well, up? In a friend of mine recently was like, "Dude, basically the same before you transition to after you just to testosterone." I've always kind of existed in like a third gender, unspoken kind of third gender space, mm -hmm. socially, you know. But it wasn't like a, it wasn't like this is what it is. It's a little bit later. It'd be like, oh, I'm identifying as trans. But honestly, growing up with my siblings, uh, even with my parents to a certain degree, um, and just other like friends and stuff, it's always kind of been like a, you know, nobody was surprised when I transit. You know, it was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, okay. Good, you know, you know, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Um, but even now, having folks, a couple people, particularly this recent conversation, where he was like, "Yeah, dude, you're like literally the same person, except to just like your energy is the same." You know, um, it wasn't like a shift to a more masculine energy. It was a shift to a more comfortable energy, but it wasn't like this shift, shift. You know, some people have a shift, um, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but. He, it, but when he said that, it made me think about kind of what you're talking about, just kind of like where it's like I've always kind of been. Mm -hmm. I used to do all kinds of shit back in the day, so yeah. it just kind of was, you know. Um, but I didn't, you know, didn't have any language to your point. It just kind of was. I, I didn't know. Yeah, because we talked about this earlier too. I remember going through the phase of my um, my transition early on, where I was being very extra hyper feminine because I was bucking mm. up against the the narrative of you're a boy, you're a boy, yeah. you're a boy. Yeah. Dude. So I thought, no, I'm, I'm kind of rebelling against that. Yeah. And I'm, you know, soon as I get a lick of breast, they out and pushed up. They are, I'm always <laughs> not, a a lick, not, a little, not a lick of breast. <laughs> <laughs> right, just a lick of breast. He was ready, yeah. They out, yeah. I'm trying to put, put them out. I'm wearing bikinis, very, you know, just you don't need to be dressed like that, but um, 
you know, very high thinking that I have to be this hyper femme. And, yeah. and as I got older, I had to tone that down. I had to um, learn that that's, that's not what, that's not who you are. That's not who you want to be. That's not, that doesn't define who you are. I literally had to learn that in my own transition in the same way mm. that, you know, um, a young cisgender girl could grow up thinking, oh, I got to get attention like this. And I, that I, may not be. Because there's so much social stuff. Yeah, that pressure for her to be like object, that. Objectified. In the same way, I feel like I, I went through this process where I was like, oh, I don't really got to you know, now I got a rule about myself. If my cleavage is out, my legs is not out. If my <laughs> legs is out, okay. my cleavage is covered. Out. I just have these rules okay. for myself where it's where it's a balance for me. For yeah. me. And so, because it, it, it wasn't about other people, it's just about me being comfortable and saying, what it what does you what does you look like without that kind of with that kind of pressure, without battling that kind of veneer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What it, mm-hmm. what does freedom look like for you? And then you know, I feel like now at 40 I've come to a place where, you know, yeah, I do like dresses. I do enjoy dresses, but I also like wide leg jeans. Uh you get what I'm saying? I'm mm-hmm. I'm one of them people that I have figured that out for myself and I'm not but I guess what I'm what what I'm trying to explain is that I what if mm-hmm. it was just more free and less binary when I was younger and I wasn't Spinning yeah. life bucking up against that system, and little girls and little boys could be more free from those boxes of boyhood or girlhood. I just don't know what that would look like totally. We're about to find out, you know, because you know, the younger generation is definitely more free, yeah. You know, uh, the folks coming up now, um, definitely more free. We're gonna find out some of, some of the answer <laughs> to that. Uh, with these kids today that are gonna uh not folks, you know, in their twenties or teens, but just like the ones we've been coming up, babies. Uh, yes. hopefully Earth will still be here and not melted away. Um, oh California ain't broke up. Ain't, ain't we at the point of no return? Ain't we at the point of no return? Ain't we just waiting? <laughs> okay. <laughs> God damn. Speaking of trans men stepping up. Yes. So out in Italy, trans men are stepping up. And now let me be clear. I think they're mostly white. So let's be clear about who got the, the range and the privilege to be able to do certain things. Um, but yeah, they're stepping up in response to the Miss Italy pageant saying that they're not going to allow uh, trans women from uh, to compete, um, and so um, you know uh, the the person over Miss Italy said beauty pageants have been trying to make headlines by using strategies that I think are a bit absurd, um, and so uh, some trans guys activist Federico uh, Barbarossa, who's a trans man in Italy, started the protest by exploiting the rule that competitors must be, quote, a woman from birth. And so he and at least I think a hundred other trans guys, assigned female at birth, trans folks, uh, trans guys, trans masculine folks, applied to enter the contest as uh, as a protest. Um, 
because you know they meet the qualifications one of which is being assigned female at birth there's no guarantee that they win but this is a way uh they said they quote hope this gesture will arouse the media clamor needed to put these issues back at the center and that many uh and that many other quote women at birth register in mass for the competition to make fun of these positions they would reject me because i'm a boy I'm sorry, I lost my track. They will reject me because I'm a boy and I look like a boy. While for trans girl registers, she is rejected because she is not considered a woman. Then what's the point? Um, and then someone else, another activist, Eli Aaliyah Banchi, also joined the protest. They said, I took courage, I used my dead name, and I signed up for Miss Italy, he told La Republica, because fighting transphobia is intersectional. And even though I'm not a trans woman, I've decided to fight for their rights. Um, he said, Miss Italy is not just a beauty contest, but also a part of the, of the country's cultural history. And excluding trans women automatically means excluding them from history. Pretend that they don't exist. It's an interesting strategy to push back against a transphobic um, pageant system uh, especially at a time where these other pageant systems are definitely uh, expanding and being more inclusive. Oh, they talked about how uh, Miss Netherlands um, took home the Miss Universe pageant, and she, uh, uh, she's also trans. And so I it's was just there weird that for oh, yeah, I was there that um, that that weekend that she won. I was there. Wow. So yeah, so to protest the ban, over 100 trans guys um, and transnational folks have thrown their hat in the ring to compete in Miss Italy. And I didn't realize that Miss Italy was like a cultural thing there. And you know, cause Miss America, Miss Universe, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a thing here, but it's not like a thing the way it used to be in the kind of mainstream kind of cult. You know, it's not like what makes you America or whatever, but that's all different kind of stuff. But anyway, so yeah, so I want to get your thoughts guys, in on this. Uh, strategy um i thought this was a unique never heard of anything like this i thought it was pretty unique um there's a couple things obviously that stood out one that the strategy of being like we're going to enter this competition but two you know the risk that folks are taking um in doing so um again we don't know the class background of these folks that are taking this risk we don't know <laughs> we don't know you know racial it. stuff and all that kind of stuff but i'm here for it um Yes, you know, I am. Um, I am personally here for it. I just, I'm excited about, you know, just I, I, I think the idea of trans men buck the system, um, bucking yeah. or helping to buck that system is dope. Instead of just being kind of a a silent partner, actually being active mm -hmm. is so dope. And so, I think it's hilarious. It, it the point that they're trying to make as far as um the the. I can be because I was showing born. how ridiculous it is. Exactly, yeah. showing how ridiculous. Sorry. It is. And and what's cra what's crazy is that the competitions, quote unquote, the competitions in beauty pageants are all performance of gender. Like it would be different. Like swimsuit, talent, your gown, yep. all that yep. is performance of yep. gender. That is not about your sex, your your biological sex. It'd be different if y'all was. Um, unbutton your pants and and competing on how far you can shoot menstrual clocks out of your pussy, but y'all not doing that. <laughs> y'all are 
doing the typical. That's got a trigger. It's our trigger warning. How <laughs> y'all are doing the typical? Dysphoric trigger warning. <laughs> y'all are sorry. Y'all sorry, are y'all. y'all are doing the typical. I put on a dress. <clears throat> I do my hair. I do my makeup. I put on yeah. a swimsuit. Yeah. I, the typical how yeah. hyper films perform their gender. And so, yeah. why are you making this about biological sex? The competition is right. about gender. It's about women. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, and I exactly. think that's what got y'all in the trouble. Y'all don't know how to separate the difference between yeah. man and woman. I mean, y'all don't know how yeah. to separate gender the difference between woman and female. Man and woman mm-hmm. and female and male. Those are two different things. Mm-hmm. One is about sex. One is about your performance of your gender. Gender. And so knowing the difference between those two, if you actually do, it would really help y'all in these conversations, all these conversations. Nah, man. Nah, let them know too. Gender is a social construct. So it depends on your social construct. And poor white people don't fit into the mainstream one. Black women certainly do not fit into regards to trans horses. Women of color in general don't. And that's what I was saying earlier about the- And so is sex. Sex is a social construct too. And so- well, yes, sex is a social construct, absolutely. Um, yeah. But gender, in terms of like what's considered the norms, depends on the social norms in that particular community. Right. So, in this com- one community, you might say, I still see women sexy in pants and in 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 a in a, in a uniform because they going to work. But other social structure, the dominant social structure in this country, the dominant middle class and white social structure says. That's not a woman. A woman is dainty. A woman is, you know, quiet. A woman stays in her place. A woman is hyper feminine. A woman is right. A woman has a period, takes care of babies, is nurturing. A woman is in this box, according to white social structure. And most of us don't fit into that. Most women don't fit most into that. <laughs> most of them. Most of all of us. Most of all of us. Nobody fits. There is no line that you can recreate that everybody fits in. There's no box. Nope. It's just that's just not how we work. That's just not how nature works. That's just not how culture works. That's just not how it works. There is no line that we all can fit perfectly, even when it comes to biology. I know, mm-hmm. you know, y'all like to bring biology in it with only a eighth grade education on biology, but even in biology, there are nuances in that particular Mm -hmm. social construct. Mm -hmm. There are nuances Mm -hmm. that are deeper than, and they're not rare. A lot of people are like, oh, those are rare syndromes that you're talking about. And most trans women or trans people don't have those syndromes. You don't know because you ain't been tested. You don't know what what Mm -hmm. is most and what's not. Because because mm-hmm. y'all stuck in these boxes, y'all don't actually do tests on everybody mm-hmm. about those kind of gender nuances or sex nuances mm-hmm. that, uh, in bi- mm-hmm. bi- biological nuances. Say this, I want to add this while I'm thinking about word and like words and language. When we talk about cis, mm-hmm. cisgender, I think there's this issue with why why do I need why do you need to add a descriptive to me? I'm a woman. I don't need to be cisgender woman. Listen, this is how you know you're a transphobe, baby, because there are tons of words that describe women. And and when it comes to their that those structures, gender and and bio, biology. So, you know, when somebody says biological woman, 
when somebody says natural woman, when somebody says natal born woman, all these things people use and you just accept. But all, that means the same exact thing. It's cisgender. <laughs> that means very, very close to things as cisgender. But all of a sudden, when we have made and we didn't make it, but we are, when we are using language and we're only using it when it's, it needs to be a distinction between trans people in a conversation where there needs to be a distinction between trans people and cisgender people. We're only using it during then. But all of a sudden you have a problem with language that makes a distinction with you. No, you just want to be, you just a transphobe and you want to have an issue with some language. So this is, this brought up something that came up when I was back home. And someone said, this made me about what they said. They were like, I feel like you can't say nothing about trans people without getting attacked. And I was like, girl, what? Like, you sound white. That sounds about white. And they were saying that, but, but hold on. They said this on the internet. But again, I said this shit before, y'all. Keep this in mind. As we get closer to 2024, it's going to be a lot of what about isms. Well, these people, da 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 da, but what about pop And there's going to be a lot more of, because what Jeff Hilarious, what's going to happen is more of, trolling around legitimate grievances and turning that into an attack on somebody else, another group of people. And um, I'm just going to put, I feel very comfortable saying this. As black trans people, as trans people in general, we got to be careful. Let's not fall into that shit and be just conscious of some of the shit because that's a part of the setup. <laughs> that's what it was before. That's why we had an era of Fuck all, fuck all men, fuck all, you know, we get hit an era that got a little weird, where it was like, fuck all these people, fuck all those people. That was on purpose. So they didn't have to do trolling. They did a couple trolls. They know how to take off, skim a little bit of folks to say some wild, crazy shit that don't make sense, and then turn around and use that. So I think we just got to be conscious of that, because it's going to be a lot more, and just hilarious is just one example. This is some bullshit. But, you know, but that's also a part of this. As we get closer to 2024, there's going to be a lot more shit just like blowing up, blowing up, blowing up about trans people, about black people, about this. You know, I'm sure Ice Cube and some other black people are going to say some wild ass Republican shit. Like it's going to be a lot of shit to make you not want to vote, to make you either want to not vote or check the fuck out. So you forget yeah. about voting. So just keep that shit in mind because this is on purpose. This is purposeful. Jess is doing. Just is doing the work of uh, white nationalism. And so that's what I'm saying. Just don't even understand that she's doing the work of white nationalism as we get close. It's not just transphobic. It's also anti-black. Because when you're transphobic, you're also fucking anti-black because there's black trans people. She doesn't understand that she's doing the work of the white nationalists. What do you think about the strategy? I guess that's my question. Like, Do you think that's something that could be done in some of the arguments that happen here? Um, I think any kind of disruption, like with any strategy, when it comes to organizing and, and shaking a system up, any disruption can be good because it, it can, mm -hmm. it makes people think and it, it's not, there's a, what is it, a cog in the wheel? I don't know what the, what the saying is, where mm -hmm. you're, you're kind of stopping, you know, you're stopping a system from no, going yeah, as it normally intends to go. Yeah, so... I think anything like that will get people to talk, especially if it affects their bottom line, if it affects their money. Um, 
And I was thinking about with, with sports too, because of this. It made me just think about sports stuff where it's like. Hmm. Well, they, they don't care about. No, 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 no. Remember when Mac Briggs, when he's been on the show, uh, when, they, yeah. when they brought him, um, when they was trying to force him to play with the girls, and he was smoking them because he had transitioned. But because he was assigned female at birth, they forced him to play with the girls. Now, imagine how ridiculous that is. You say you care about women's sports and the fairness of women's sports, but then you mm -hmm. force this trans man to fight with the girls who is legally on testosterone. And because he's assigned female at birth, you're yeah. not counting it as an advantage. Ridiculous. <laughs> so... In that regard, that because what that proves is you don't care about women's sports. Like it, it you exactly. really don't. You care about putting trans people in their place. That's what you care about. Mm -hmm. The place mm -hmm. that you think they should be. And so mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. trans man who is now stronger because of his physique and the things that testosterone has done to him is now smoking these girls and it's unfair it's 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 not where he's supposed to be where he wanted to be now he's doing that now he's playing with the guy but at the time when he was mm -hmm. in high school they were forcing him to play with the girls and so nobody mm -hmm. was seeing the ridiculously unfair nature of that but because mm -hmm. they hate trans women so much <laughs> they said uh-uh you gotta play with the girls just like we told those trannies those male to female trannies you gotta play with the girls because you were born um you were born a uh you were born a female so go play with the females but they didn't care about him being unfairly advantaged in his situation right right so, right you know, Shoot, let us know Shoot, that's that's yeah let us know what y'all think y'all <laughs> yeah, yeah, hashtag yeah, marcus Gimme, gimme, gimme euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy in space to change the tide. Gimme, gimme, gimme euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy in space to change the tide. Gimme, gimme, gimme you a feeling and a high you never Jay, what is bringing you euphoria this week? Oh, Diamond, let me tell you what's bringing me euphoria this week. Gratitude is bringing me euphoria this week in my travels. Uh, I got to see some family, got to visit my dad, um, went back home to Milwaukee, uh, just kind of quickly in and out. Um, but, you know, it, it, was, it was good. I, I almost lost my, I almost left, I almost missed my train on the way out. But gratitude. I almost left my phone in Milwaukee after I got to the train station. Gratitude. Stop at a stop. <laughs> they were like, rest stop. Now, mind you, I'm in ears. I'm like right there. And they were like, oh, boy. Like real quiet. So I'm trying to run and get there. And I started to see them start closing the door. This guy trying to help me get my shit. I was like, no, get the down. Because they was going to leave me. I was going to get stuck in Montana. You know what I'm saying? Like, the fuck I look like. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, just a whole bunch of gratitude. Like, this, this, uh, just went to go visit home. The trip back home really, 
uh, a lot of things were kind of thrown out there. My housing got weird. My lodging got weird. My transportation, but it all worked out. Just went with the flow. Um, and so I just got a lot of gratitude for that. Um, so that's bringing me euphoria, seeing the little great nieces and nephews and all that kind of stuff. And um, and I'm grateful to be back. I'm glad, you know, I'm glad I'm in a place where, you know, things could kind of get thrown out there, but I still was able to figure it out in a way that I probably would not have been, you know, at a different point in my life. So um, that's bringing me before you this week. Mm-hmm. What about yourself? So I am currently in um, California, Tipperon. Um, it is... What's up, West Coast? West Coast? Okay. <laughs> it is way more chill and beautiful out here than the normal parts of the Bay Area that I'm normally in. It is, mm. you know, Tipperon is kind of one of the most expensive areas in the United States, mm. really, but definitely in the... Um, Oh wow! Um, in the um, Bay Area, but it's like a it, it's almost like a seaside town within the Bay Area. It's it's kind of oh, dope. Dope. Okay. but I'm here for uh, um um the community advisory board kind of retreat for um, transgender district, and we were coming up with some you know strategic planning oh, yeah. for um, what's going to happen next for the mm-hmm. rest of the year for the um um. Trans History Month here in San Francisco, and um, okay. what else? And just some of the programs that that, that they have been doing, um, Entrepreneur Accelerator Program, where they give ten thousand dollar grants to new trans entrepreneurs. Um, you know, just where where the organization is going next, and we usually bring people from the community to advise us on what to do next. And you know, mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. think that's dope. And so. I am now the chair person on that board and usually board members don't come to stuff like this, but I wanted to be here because this is the first time that we have been um, encumbered and first time that we have been uh, often under our fiscal um, sponsor. So we, the first seven years of the transgender district was fiscally sponsored by another organization, but now it is um it's its own entity and i hey, yeah so i i wanted to be there to kind of give them an idea of the type of person that i am and it was it just went dope i met so many dope people we had a productive meeting we about to do some amazing work in the yeah, area okay. and it you know it lets me see why i love this position because it allows me to see the possibility model it is is California perfect? No. But it's so much further along than where we are in Texas. It allows me to dream and allows me to see how they are working their issues out. So as we do more work in Houston, I can bring back, this is what they do in California. This is how they got this. This is how they got this done. This is some possibilities, how we can implement these things now here. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. it just allows me to see that. And I'm meeting new people, new Bay Area queer folks or Bay Area cisgender allies. Just so much. I love it. So that's what's been bringing me um, euphoria. This trip. One more thing to add on this euphoria. euphoria. Two parents, two parents on the train opened up about having trans kids. Not necessarily initiated by me. It wasn't even initiated by me. They were just like, I was like, oh, you're reading uh, Travell's book. Oh, my God, I have that book. I have that book. Oh yeah, and my kids trans, and you know, we just got to talking, and 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 so it was just so cool to run into two parents on the first on the front end of the train 
tripping on the on the back end of another parent during uh during breakfast. I just so happened to get uh get uh, seated with them, and they were telling me they were like, "Yeah, I don't want my son to leave New York, but you know they might leave and they might go there." And it just, but it was just really cool to run into two like really supportive parents. You know, one person, one parent was like, "I'm still we work on day down at home because we don't want to mess it up. Like we're fine with other people, but it's hard with them." And I was like, "Okay, well you you know you're doing the work." You know, it's gonna come. It's gonna come easy. You know, as long as the more you practice, the more it becomes regular. And it was yeah. it was just really um, encouraging because they both were like older. Like one set was like probably in their sixties, and the other parents were probably a little younger. So, but okay. both had adult I children, love young that. adult children. I love, yeah. I love that. That brought euphoria as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. happening. You know, it's happening. So. It's happening. Um, yeah, let us know what y'all have. What's been bringing y'all euphoria? I have some big news. I'm not comfortable with talking about it just yet. Um, <laughs> it's a little personal, but I will talk sure. about it later. Um, but I can't wait to share with y'all and share my experience and give y'all all the tea and all the news and all that kind of stuff. So I'm excited about that. So <laughs> let us know what's been bringing you euphoria, and we will talk to y'all. Two weeks from now, because I'm um like I said, I got something going on. So um two weeks from now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> on the jam All right, down, we see you. All right, thanks, y'all. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's gonna be alright